Hello, this is Greg Wolf, Education Manager for IBM. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. This is the venue, uh, and we really like to always have great guests. Uh, and in this case, it's Eileen Kulish. She's the National Accounts Manager for MTS Seating. I've uh, been an ally member of IBM for many years. Eileen, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. So, you recently wrote an article uh, for our blog, and uh, it's about a regulation uh, that was recently repealed in California. Could you could you go in more detail of that? Sure. It's um, regarding flammability in the uh, furniture industry. So, it, well, it used to be called Cal 133, and it was a burn test for furniture um, that got p- brought up in California mm. uh, based on you know, having fires and things in public buildings and them wanting to have a more stringent flammability uh, testing. But it recently got repealed because the flame retardants that they were using were more carcinogenic than the actual flame and smoke when furniture actually caught fire. Mm. So it increased the carcinogens in the air when something got burned. So they worked with um, the Business and Institutional Furniture Manufacturers Association uh, to repeal the Cal 133 and revert back to Cal 117, 2013, which the um, flammability requirements were different on uh, fabrics that were made into furniture for the industry. So is it like like cars insofar as where California goes, so goes, goes the rest of the country kind of a thing? Yeah, pretty much. Um, That's where these laws were passed and brought, you know, to legislature to to be formalized. Um, And so the BIFMA, which is the Business and Institutional Furniture Manufacturers Association, worked with uh, different law enforcement agencies to Mm. repeal um, CAL 133. Got it. And so how, how as a company, when these new regulations come down the pike, I mean, how long are you given a chance to adapt in your processes? Um, it's pretty much immediate. Um, being able to have that higher uh, open flame test, um, it can just, it just pretty much went away. Okay. So it wasn't you didn't have to have like a sunset time where you could still produce it a certain way, you know. You you could almost so you would immediately just turned off that pro- part of your process of manufacturing. Correct. We just we don't have to. We didn't have to have the flame retardants added to the fabrics, and then we didn't have to um, purchase foam that was at a higher uh, open flame test. So we just went back to having uh, our standard foams um, mm. used in our seating and that just the standard fabrics that didn't have the extra flame retardancy uh, put into them. So did this really move the needle in terms of savings that in your process or was it, uh, it was that a huge impact? It, it's a, it is an impact because having to meet those higher flammability standards costs more money. The foam sure. costs money the fabrics cost more money so it is definitely a, a savings for your end use sale dollar of your product 
Well, I'm sure also it makes you know your your staff who has to work in the manufacturing area it makes them feel I'm sure a little bit safer too that that as you you mentioned the chemicals can be a little bit dangerous they think so I'm sure that's also helpful in a certain certain aspect as well. Right, they're not handling fabrics that have a higher flame retardancy on it that have you know known carcinogens in them. So when you, I know you knew you're out and about in the world. I know you, I'm sure you travel a lot. Obviously, we, we always get a chance to see you at Venue Connect, and I'm sure you go to all other shows. You know, do you, as someone who has an eye for good chairs, are you always on the lookout for a really good one? Or, you know, or are you kind of, oh, no, that's that's too much work, and one you just want to sit down and relax at the airport? Is that, do you find yourself checking out chairs all, everywhere? I find myself flipping them over all the time in restaurants <laughs> and <laughs> You know, in any public spaces that you're going to, it's the, I mean, the worst is in restaurants. I'll just flip up a chair and people just turn and stare at you and look at you like you're crazy. But you want to know where it's made. <laughs> have you ever had experience where you flipped over a chair and you just had to have it like you had to you had to buy it for your office or you had to go, you know, have it for your home? No, I can't say that I've had that, but I, I will take photos a lot of times of chairs and like occasional tables and other products that my company makes and bring them back and show them to, you know, our, our design team and everything to say, Hey, I saw this and it was really cool. I think this is something that we would be able to make. And um, so I do a lot of picture taking, let's put it that way. Well, and I'm sure I can't think of another product that has so much form and function, you know, as part of it, because whenever you go to a convention, uh, either our show, or anyone else's, you're sitting in a chair for a session. At the same time, you want it to look good. You know, it's 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 probably the most. I mean, maybe the only equivalent is a bed or a or a car. But you really, I'm sure that balance between artwork and actually, you know, working. Uh, you know, is that a tension you all really have to deal with a lot, or is it you find no really our customers prefer form over, I mean, excuse me, yeah, or do they prefer one or the other? Well, designers always like fun, or form over function and operations mm. people will function over form. So it's, it's a thin line that you have to have a nice mix of both. Um, and really when you're talking, you know, about, like you said, your bed, you know, a car seat or just a chair, that's your physical contact point to a product, mm. you know, mm. it's your own product space that you have for the hour you're having a meal or the four hours you're sitting in a conference so that's your one physical touch point so that's where you want to make sure that you're the most comfortable because distraction is caused by discomfort so sure well and i'm sure too that you know all these trends of standing desks and the like and and all that i'm sure you all find that probably find that pretty amusing considering you know, uh, many times I'm sure too, it could just be the chair people are using, you know, standing desk is all well and good, but sometimes it's just your chair. That's bad. Absolutely. And I find it interesting that a lot of standing desks, um, ultimately a bar stool finds, finds their way into it. Oh yeah. So so you can have, you know, stand and sit, but you're at the height of standing. So a bar stool normally wanders into somebody's cubicle at that point. Yep. 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 Well, so now now tell me how many, I apologize, I didn't ask you this in our pre-interview. So how many years have you been in in the industry? I've been in for 15 years. So, So, yeah, no, that's excellent. So you mentioned earlier there's some new trends that you've seen in the last couple of years. Could you share some of those with us? 
Yeah, absolutely. So it, the big one of the biggest trends right now is um, people wanting wider seating, especially in the venue industry, um, mm. because people are getting bigger. Mm. You know, that's that is a, that's a fact out there. And mm. so when people are setting up theater style, people aren't sitting in every chair because you're right up against your neighbor. I was actually at a con at a customer's the other day and they made the comment that even amongst their own staff, they skip a chair in between everybody when they sit because they don't want to be sitting right on top of their neighbor. Mm. So, and they know each other. Mm. And so when you're in, you know, a conference next to somebody you don't even know, you don't want to be shoulder to shoulder and all smashed in. So they're looking for wider chairs these days. Um, so people sit in every seat. So you're actually, even though you're having a wider chair and you might not have as many in a row, you're actually gaining seating because everybody's sitting in a chair as opposed to skipping chairs between each other. So you're not sitting on top of your neighbor. Yeah, the, that calculus of figuring out what that perfect golden mean of of uh chairs must be a must be had a lot of research i'm sure has to go into that right oh absolutely and so it's a lot with you know with the buildings that since they are getting a wider chair they're getting they're having to redo all their cad drawings and their in their room setups because you're actually might lose a chair per row or something like that so their you know capacities are a little bit different so it's a little bit of a learning curve, but it's really they're thinking of, you know, the comfort of their client, of the customer sure. there. So and that's it's really selling meeting spaces these days. So well, I'm, you know, and that you're right, that experience you have because you're the one, the one of the main things you're doing at a venue is sitting. And if you leave a venue with a bad experience of of the, the largest part of the time you were there, that's a bad thing. So that comfort uh, it just is, is essential, but at the same time, I'm sure venues also want to try to get as many seats in as they can because of the tickets. You know, that's um, due to ticket sales. You want to make sure you know sell it out as much as you can. But at, at, that's just a it's a really, as I said, it must be a very complex calculus that that venue man managers and 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 their uh, and their partners like you have to go through. No, absolutely, and the, the same is true in the trend of you know even dining our dining seating, you know, mm -hmm. people want, want to be comfortable when you're in that restaurant, you, you know, unless it's fast casual and they want, you know, to get a turn and burn. Um, but if you're doing a nice dining experience, you're You want that wider, more comfortable seat that you're going to be spending, you know, an hour, two hours, two and a half hours on a, you know, five course meal um, to have that comfort level. I mean, I know I do. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. That's, and that's also, I'm sure, very helpful, too, as a uh, working for a company that sells seats. So you, 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 as you, you are a customer, as it were, as you know, as well. I mean, you can have you have your own, you know, it's not like um, you're selling to people. It's not like you don't have any you don't have any uh, opinions to have on seats. Right. Because you, you use them, too. So oh, yeah. it's, uh, you know, that all I'm sure also helps in a way, too, of kind of figuring out what your customers like, because, you know, you you've gone to many shows, I'm sure. So you understand what their customers want because you're one of them as well. So exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that also helps. Educational process that yeah. I want to sell something to someone that I know isn't right for them. And right. thing that I can to explain why it isn't right. Um, you know, it does, if it's a stackable chair, you know, it might only stack eight high. So you need 20% more 
storage space than if it's stacked 10 high. So it's right. more than just the chair itself. It's about, you know, storage and space planning and, you know, all of the above. So you're, you're making sure that you're putting the right product with your customer. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned you, you've been in this industry 15 years. That's, that's a long, you know, many people, uh, in other industries, you know, will only spend five years, let's say, a certain industry. What is it about venue in the venue industry that, that's, you know, convinced you to, to, to stick with it as opposed to going in a different angle of sales? Well, with what with my job, the venue industry is probably about 10% of what I do, but it's mm. my favorite. I mean, oh, there you the go. And the <laughs> Management industry, I, I mean, they are the most big-hearted people that I have met in the industry. They're not full of themselves. They're, their job is to take care of other people and make mm. sure other people have just the best experiences. And it just that's their overall attitude that I found find in, in the venue management people's hearts is they have big hearts. And that, um, that not only are they making people happy when they're in their venue, it's they have a big heart outside of their venue. Mm. Well, and, and we, go on. I've just made a lot of, you know, very good friendships in this industry, you know, just from the 15 years of working in venue management and they're the closest and best um, relationships that I've had in the industry, in any of the industries that I work in. You know, I work, well, with, just, I work with end users, but it's, it's, they're just the biggest hearted people. Well, that's great to hear. I, I, I do know that, you know, you mean you're not selling widgets, you know, you're selling an experience really. And so that's, that takes time. That takes relationships. And before the, before our call, you mentioned you're, you know, it's kind of, you were kind of sad, you know, because a lot of your friends and colleagues, because you've been in the industry for 15 years, some of them are starting to retire and that's not easy sometimes. No. And it's, you know, it's, getting to know the the new up and comers and that's sure. one of the big, you know, I support the 30 under 30 and have since it mm. was young professionals when Matt Campbell started right. that years ago and supporting that every year because it's, you know, they're going to be the, ne they're the next generation of who are going to be running these buildings. And it's, you know, it's good to get to know them early on and know that, you know, as a, as a vendor, I'm here to support them and teach them about my industry mm. as they will teach about their industry as well. And that I'm not here just to be a salesperson all the time. I'm also a source of information. Mm. So, you know, they have questions, of, you know, about different things in the industry, you know, to use us as a source of information and not just a salesperson. So, yeah, that's that's a that leads us to another question for, you know, what? You know, it's for individuals that come into your your company or, you know, uh, individuals you meet. As you said, you're a supporter of our 30 and 30. Thank you very much. Uh, for those who don't know, 30 and 30 program honors and recognizes the, I don't know, the 30 rising stars in the venue industry every year. Uh, and, of course, there's 30 of them, as you can imagine. Is there something or a piece of advice that you've learned that you always try to make sure you pass on to those new folks you meet? Um, like I said, my biggest piece of advice is that your all the allied members are truly here to help them as they grow in the industry as well. You know, we're also teachers and mentors of our own right because we know our products and we want to be able to, you know, teach that to the up and comers. They're not the decision makers now, but they're going to be the decision makers someday. 
Right. And that they and can rely on us to help as as well as their mentors within their industry. Right. Well, I'm sure it feels good, too, to know that, you know, on, on some level, too, you are an integral part of, um, what's the word, you know, help, have, having, uh, you're part of the, you're, you know, you're part of the entertainment industry. I mean, I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but it's not. I mean, you really are uh, a large portion of of how people experience when they their experience becomes to venues. And the only way to do that was to really have those long term, those long term relationships with with uh, with your clients. And I, I just I, I think that's a through line I've seen through a lot of our interviews is that many of our ally members really feel like and I think this is a, a credit to, to our ally members and the venue managers is it really is a profession uh, that's not dis- as disposable as, say, being in the, you know, the uh, the, the, you know, electronics, you know, you're not selling phones every quarter. It's, it's really something that's a longer, and I guess it is a longer sales cycle, literally, but it, but it's also something more, uh, there's more time involved, I would think too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the process, you know, can take years, especially if you're building a new convention center or a new arena and you're helping start to finish. I remember one time I was working on an arena project and the owners of the arena, asked me to come give my advice um, as they were in the planning process and go over blueprints with them and things. And I'm like, I'm not an architect. I don't, why, why would you want me to do this? So I complied and went in, um, sat with them and they were building an arena that was originally the big use was going to be hockey. Mm. And they were planning a, um, uh, Oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? They were planning um, an event space, but they were doing everything uh, that overlooked the ice arena. And they were looking at doing all high top tables. Okay. Bar stools. Right. Because they were thinking hockey. They were thinking adults. So I asked them, I said, are you going to have like holiday on ice in here? Are you going to have you know, the Feld entertainment shows coming through and they're sure. like, and I said, so why are you putting all high tops in this area when you're going to have two year olds and three year olds? You don't want to put right. them on a stool, do you? And they're like, Oh my goodness. We didn't even think about that. <laughs> and they said, that's why we wanted you to come in. He said, we were thinking adult entertainment with hockey and we didn't right. have any idea about having you know, space for children to sit and eat a hot dog and not have to do it in their seat in the arena bowl where they're going to spill on themselves. They need a table in front of them. And so we had to readjust all the seating to have low tops that would be perfect that a little kid could kneel on the seat and, you know, uh, eat their hot dog over a table as opposed right. to putting a two-year-old on a bicycle. So... You know, and, and that aspect, it kind of made me, it really made sense for me to be there and talk with them through the project, even though I'm not an arena designer. But my input really had a huge impact on all the furniture that they were buying for the arena. Right. And you saw something that that uh, your, your perspective added another element to the experience, which overall helped, you know, the way the guests to you know, went to a game. So that, that's got to feel good, I'm sure, on a certain level. Absolutely. It really did. It made me, you know, it made them 
open their arena and function much better than they would have if they would have just gone with their original design and then realized, oh my goodness, all these parents don't have somewhere to put their children to eat. You know, right. so they're not going to buy the concessions and it's going to increase our rev par by having the right furniture. So I guess what one of the final questions I ask, you know, is there something that you are really passionate about as a professional that that you try to strive for? Or is there an area where, you know, you you really want to make sure that you know you do your part or is there, again, what what are your passions when it comes to? You know, I don't know if it's the correct term of the art of the sale, but obviously it's a profession. So is there anything that you like to impart or like to focus on? Just making sure that the venue gets the right product for their venue that's going to make it work correctly. Because a lot mm. of times, you know, I've been in working with, with venues that, okay, here we're building a new venue and I want a meeting room chair, I want a ballroom chair, and I want an expo hall chair. And it's mm. like, why do you need three different things? Well, that's because that's what we had in our old building. Mm. It's like, well, why did you have that in your old building? Well, I don't know. That's what we had when I got here. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, having people realize that that's not necessarily what they need to do. Let's look at the big picture. Let's look, look at, you know, year 2020 instead of 1982 when a lot of these buildings were built. Right. So, just real, you know, helping with the the new on trend and making sure that they're getting the right product for today's market. Well, that's great, and that's certainly something uh, uh, you're able to, I'm sure, teach to your colleagues as well. I'm sure that's very valuable. Um, and again, it's those thirty to thirties. I'm sure appreciate. Hopefully, I mean, well, if they're smart, they're listening, and then they should. And and um, well, Elaine, thank you so much for coming on today. It was a pleasure. I'm really glad to hear that. That, uh, that that California is getting more streamlined and, and making sure their products are uh, well, they're paying attention to what they need to pay attention to is safety and, and ultimately comfort of Californians. But it sounds like the rest of the country is going to be able to benefit from that. Well, absolutely. And, and that's just a law that got passed in that state. And mm-hmm. it's been it was some it's something that's absorbed nationally. Um, it's a mm. standard that's followed, you know, across the country. So. It's it's um it's nice to know that things are a little bit greener with the, yeah. the open flame laws now these days. Absolutely. Well, uh, I guess Eileen, do you have any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to tell our audience? Um, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, uh, that, to you too. Uh, also, and uh, again, uh, it's great talking to you, and we look forward to seeing you again at Venue Connect. Uh, and again, if anyone wants to get into contact with you, could you give out your uh, your email address? Sure. My email is my name. It's Eileen Coolish at M as in Mary, T as in Tom, S as in Sally, seating.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Eileen. And uh, again, have a great and happy Thanksgiving. All right. You too. Take care, Greg. Bye. Bye.